Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There we go. Hello. We what? Oh, so welcome, welcome. How you doing? I'm all right. Thank you, Jing. Yeah, you what, right, Mum? Yeah, not too bad, so, um, yeah, so this is our um, new next episode of Hardcore Listing with uh, Chris and Stu and my lovely mum and dad. Um, we just tried recording a little bit, didn't we? Tried doing a little well, video. I don't know if you call it a recording session or just a hangout about <laughs> the word. <laughs> what was we trying to do? Well, I think, you know, if you could do any more podcasts with us, right, yeah. we need to... Lay a few ground rules down. Okay, right. Firstly, do we get paid? Um, you get paid in the sunshine that I spread around the room when I come in it. So you're saying she's not going to earn as much money as I am then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll speak to you, you separately. Well, I don't, I don't want no rares after this. Yeah. Well, to be honest, Dad, if I was going to pay anyone going on the last one, Mum would be on a higher wage than you, I think. Because uh, you couldn't get any of the lines right. But us recording this video a minute ago, Mum couldn't remember one line, could she? Well, um, you think she's a fast learner? Well, no. <laughs> she's her learning like, curve goes zoom. It's just she's better at reading than you are, mm -hmm. I think, was more the, more the problem. Probably right there. I've got double vision. Right. Now, yeah. Talking about Jean, yeah. one bit of embarrassing circumstances here. What's that? Jean gets a bit jealous. All right. Okay, yeah. And if somebody's going to make my face up, it's going to have to be Jean because she doesn't like other women touching me. Okay, sure, right, no problem. Right? Yeah, no worries, mate. Who's producing? Who's yeah. producing? Uh, 76, our producer, he'll be producing this. 76? Yeah, that's his name. That's his uh, producing name. Does he have a more conventional name? Yeah, he does, his name's Stuart, actually, Dad. Oh, Stuart. Sure. Hi, Stuart. <laughs> okay. 76, yeah. worry about that. <laughs> what, what do you want to... What, 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 what were your queries about production, then, Dad? Well, Tell what me. was Tell production? Us. It really comes down to how much experience he's had. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is he, you know, is he polished? Does he know, does he know what he's doing? He's getting there. He has to work with uh, me and Stuart, um, other Stuart, who mm -hmm. I record this with. So he has, a, you know, he has hard work making that sound good. I think. Right, and have we got the latest equipment? To yeah. Do yeah. Uh, I guess so, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether I want to research Stuart's background a bit more, or perhaps I'll leave that to another. Oh, you've got another plenty podcast. of time on your hands, mate. Feel free to do that. You well, know. I don't know. I'm struggling a bit here. I've just got to think before I speak because I don't want to find myself on the end of a lawsuit <laughs> if this is going from worldwide. <laughs> you know, that's uh, your mother can understand it. 
How are you, mum? Anyway, you alright? Yeah, the, 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 he can't hear you when you just nod. Yes, dear, I'm oh, fine. Okay. I'm well, sorry I'm not, you know, helping you very much. You're, you're fine. You, you, you did amazing in the video, to be quite honest with you. Did Stuart make any money out of this? Uh, no, we, no one really makes a great deal of money out of this, Dad. Well, how do we live? How do we earn a living then? Well, you're not getting paid for it. That's how we'll make some money, I guess. That'll be the predominant thing. Mm. So, anyway, who is this week's uh, podcast with? Can you remember? Podcast 74. No. Right, his name's 76. Who's our star today? Who, who, who are me and Stuart interviewing? Bill, obviously. William Glasson, yeah? And yep. Jean Glasson. But who, who, who are you doing an introduction for? Hang on, you're missing the point. You're supposed to be reading from the script. Well, not today. I thought we'd ad-lib it a little bit. I've been writing all this lockdown. You've got five words on a notepad. Yeah, truly. <laughs> so, this is going to be virtually unscripted, is it? Well, well, yeah, it's just a conversation. Yeah, that's how our podcasts go. Just conversation. Just a straight yap-up. Just a yap-up, mate, yeah. There's an awful lot of good words from thrown in here. And okay. what, what's annoying me is I'm doing it for nothing. <laughs> Last thing, really, right, yeah. is this all tied up contract-wise? If, no. if this goes viral, yeah. right, I want to make sure before I put my, my, my signature to it, that yeah. it's done properly. Because I am 78, you know. Yeah. Right, and I don't think things are clearly. So I, when you do the contract, I don't want no small type. Okay, sure. I'll okay. do big, big letters saying um, there is no contract. This is highly unlikely to go viral. I'm probably ought to ring <laughs> off now because you're getting upset with me. Um, do, are we going to introduce actually who who is the the podcast that we're having today? Who me and Stuart are doing it with? Um, you got any ideas? Uh, yes, I have. Gene okay. and Bill Glasson. Yeah, no, but this is the intro. Oh. Right, the actual podcast that me and Stuart did an interview with was who? Right, um, Saucy Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, well done. Uh, can you remember who it's with, Mum, as well? Oh, Saucy George, yeah. So uh, my, my, my fictitious um, aside, you might look that up in the dictionary. Okay, fictitious aside. It's with uh, Susie, Dr. Susie Gage, who's also Doctor. on the network. Dr. Susie Gage. Susie Gage. That's right. Yeah. Not Susie George. No, Susie but Gage. jokingly, Saucy George. And She's better known than Susie Gage. Oh, right, okay, well, she'll hear that, so I'm sure she'll mm, be thrilled with that. Um, <laughs> has she passed herself off as a doctor or uh, is she really a doctor? She's a legit doctor, a doctor. Legit. Well, is she a medical doctor? Medical, or? yeah, I think, yeah, she's, yeah. What, what, what time serve? Five, five years and all that sort of business? Yeah, she's, yeah, she's all legit. Because there's a lot of dozy geezers about now, you know. There are. I don't know if Susie's one of them. Oh, I I'm pretty certain she's not a geezer. Uh, not really. No. Uh, and she's doing top five BBC comedies. Top five BBC comedies? Yeah, so what's your favourite BBC comedies, Mum? Just thinking, really. Okay. I like the one with the um, the man in with the glasses. The man with the glasses. Yeah. What's his name? All the Ronnies. He makes out he's a woman, the mother of the family. Dame, Dame, oh, Mrs. Brown. Mrs. Brown, of course you do. Right. I think that's
Oh, they corpse. They end up laughing. They break character because yeah. they find that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. Cool. Very good. And corpsing. Corpsing is when you when you break character during acting. No, no. It's just called corpsing. It's when you break character and you start laughing when you're supposed to be being acting. Um, yeah. Any others? Any others? British comedy. Yeah. Well, British comedy has taken a dive since the days of it ain't a Oh, it's taken a dive since then. Yeah, there's no real good soaps and short soaps apart from Mrs. Brown's voice. Right, okay. And so. The demise of Morecambe and Wise and yeah. Abbott and Costello. Now there's one for you. Abbott and Costello, right. Yeah. A few thousand yeah. years, that. Yeah, yeah. I've never really, yeah. Right, um, yeah. How about um, how about The Office? Did you like that with Ricky Gervais? Uh, no. Oh. He does his silly arm movement. Can't stand oh, him. Looks like stretched. A struggling yeah. Yeah. Right, well, with that said, here's the intro, here's the uh, wonderful podcast with uh, Dr. Susie Gage. Um, it is top five BBC comedies. We've been waiting to do this for a long time uh, with Susie, so um, we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, big shout out to 76 or 74, as Dad has now called you. Um, we'll be chatting later, Stu, just to make sure that, uh, well, my dad will be in touch from the sounds of things. Um, yeah. Uh, anything? Any last words? Any last wise words, Mum? What 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 would you like to leave the audience with? Is that working? Yes. It's not moving. No, it wouldn't move. <laughs> no, no. Well, no, I don't mean physically. Yeah. I mean the, there's no dials or. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all digital these days. Is that yours? There's no yeah. digital on yeah, there. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah, quite expensive. Mm -hmm. It's mean minor shirts. Yeah. That's what we're leaving on. Okay, right, cool. Well, um, Dad, pleasure. Mum, pleasure. Thank you very much. And we might record a couple more little intros. Bye-bye. Adios, amigos. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Right, Stuart Whiffen. Is it Whiffen or Whiffen? Um, well, most people pronounce it in, mm -hmm. but even E in. It's more in. It's more Whiffen, isn't it? Go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> Hello, Stuart Roy Whiffen. All right, Chris. Um, speaking of um, variants of names. Ah, indeed. Uh, we're um we're in Manchester right now, aren't we? Sure um, are, mate. And we've got um uh, this is the first for us. We've got some. We've, we've got a um one of the gang. Wow, uh, this oh, might wow. be yeah. a network. Well, it's not, is it? Because Susie's been. Oh on fucking hell! I'm an idiot, aren't <laughs> I? And now I've said I'm her just... name. Oh. Uh, today's guest. <laughs> Surprise! <is> <laughs> today's guest is uh, Dr. Susie George. Um, Dr. Su oh, fucking <laughs> hell. There you go. So it's all gone wrong already. It's as easy as that. It is as easy <laughs> as that. Uh, yeah, Dr. Susie Gage. 
or as she's known on, on the network, and especially to hardcore listening fans, uh, Dr. Saucy George. Hello. Thanks for coming on, Susie. Oh, you're very welcome. Do you prefer Susie or Doc? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely prefer Susie. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, this is so cool. We're so lucky to, you know, get to do this because we, we were like, oh, who else can we get? And when you replied and said Liverpool's not far, yeah. me and Shu, like, high-fived. We were like, that is yeah. absolutely perfect. So f- thanks for making the journey and coming to our, this, our little uh, setup here. It's nice. I yeah, like it. Yeah, this is cool, isn't it? We've we got a hotel, but it's more of a, like an apartment. So we're, we're sitting in like... Um, a kind of front room, I guess. We've got sofas and a, and a, and a table with lots of crisps on it. So We've got our own munching. kitchen. So we ordered in pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and Susie kindly made the, the journey over from Liverpool to come on today um, to do a top five. Um, it's a proper top five as well, isn't this it? This is one hell of a top five, this. I'm really struggling with the fact you've got headphones on, but you don't need them on. Take them off. You don't Susie, on. It's, it's, no, it's weird. do I look better <laughs> or worse? You, the, the guest can decide. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not taking responsibility <laughs> for this. Uh, I'll keep them on for a oh, bit. I don't like the fact that you're listening to yourself on headphones. Get used to it, buddy. Get You've never it. done it before. No, Why I do. Are you showing off now, Susie? No, because <laughs> yeah, um, you're always showing off. That's what my mum used to say. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because it's just to make sure that the audio is recording fine at the moment. And then I genuinely forgot they were on. Right, there you go. <laughs> so I'll slip them off now if it makes you feel more comfortable. Thanks, mate. Um, so, um, I said, thanks loads for coming over. That's really kind of you. And what is your... Um, do you want to introduce your top five? Okay. My top five is BBC comedies. Okay. Shit. And so when you was drilling that down, did you initially start, when we said to you, it was only maybe last week. Like It was Wednesday. I've had like three mm. days to, to so do this. did you think comedy straight away? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I thought, first of all, I thought albums from 1967. And then I thought albums from 1997. But um, like British comedy is one of my sort of favorite things. So Okay. We are spoilt, let's be honest, with regards to the comedies, aren't we? Britain does know how to make a funny, doesn't it, really? Mm. So, yeah. Before we start on that, just rattle off a few albums from 67 and a few from 97. All right, so, hang on. I wrote down, I, wrote, I made my top five of them as well. You did so, 67, well. Forever Changes, my f- absolute favourite album probably yep. of all time. Piper at the Gates of Dawn, yep. first Pink Floyd album. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Velvet Underground and Nico. Yep. Nice. Nice. Um, Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't actually write it down. I wrote it down somewhere else. That's decent. Those, those yeah, are some solid. pretty good ones. There's a couple of other. Oh, songs of Leonard Cohen yep. was that year as well. It was a strong year. Yeah. yeah. And that's sure. not even mentioning the big album of 1967. If you happen to live in Liverpool, yeah. And it's had its anniversary. Yep. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Um, a 97 um, was OK Computer. Yep. It was Radiator by Super Fairy Animals. Yep. Uh, oh, I don't by the Gorkies. Yep. I also nice. thought about doing top five bands from Wales, but basically just because I want to talk about the Super Fairy Animals <laughs> all <Yep>. the time. <laughs> Bizarrely, we was talking before we come on air about the recent Brett Goldstein show, Packed. Yes. And uh, and I was telling you about it. The theme tune was Patio Song by Gorkies. Huh. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's mm. amazing. And there was a, there was a sitcom... Uh, called, what's it called? Was it called Hometown? I think it was, or 
something like that. I can't remember now, but that the theme tune. It was about a woman who goes back home after sort of having a marriage that breaks down and goes back to her little village where she's from and all of her friends who've stayed there. It's really good. Um, but the theme tune for that was Hometown Unicorn by the Super Fairy Animals. Wicked. Yeah, nice. so it's obviously Welsh band comedy theme tunes is the way to go. So nice. Super Fairy is a big one for you then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah massive. I um, have a little weird Super Furry story. Um, I, Far I, away. I met them. Um, they came to South End and played the Esplanade that is no longer there on the second album, possibly. Um, I got out of my mind drunk. And when the gig finished, I left the venue and it was on the seafront. And just run straight out of the venue and run in the sea. And then <laughs> all of my mates got worried because they couldn't see me because I kind of got washed You've along done a, a Reggie bit. Perrin. And cut, yeah, <laughs> and, and come out the other, come out anyway, and then went back to find my friends and walked back in the venue. No one was there other than Griff. Griff, yeah. And he was like, fucking hell. <laughs> I was just like coming in seaweed <laughs> soaking wet. And I was just like in my Super Fairy t-shirt and he was like, have you been in there? I was like, yeah, I got carried up there quite a bit and couldn't find my mates. And he was like, fucking hell. Jesus, yeah. Uh, uh, great gig though. Yeah, <laughs> cool band. You've calmed down a little bit now, haven't you? Yeah, don't do young. those sort of rad things. Nineteen ninety-seven. Jesus, well, yeah, twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, why BBC comedy? Was that? Did you just notice that the ones that you were putting on were BBC based, and so you tuned it down like that? Sort of. I basically I made a list of a lot, maybe like thirty odd comedies and realised that it was too difficult. Unmanageable. Uh, so I think we were speaking, weren't yeah. we, Chris, about uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place oh, and Nathan yeah. Barley and it's just I wouldn't, it was would have been too difficult to pick five so I thought if I constrain myself more by just picking BBC ones it would be slightly easier yep. to, and it was still shrewd. really difficult. Yeah, yeah, it is tough. Um, that's a shrewd move because because when you said that to me a minute ago, I was like, oh, that's going to make it hard. And you're like, no, 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 it, no it, actually, it actually, yeah, narrows, narrows down, it limits your options, yeah. doesn't it? Well, it doesn't limit, BBC have, have got some fantastic output, um, which we had a little chatty about earlier. So I'm sure we're going to go over the many yeah. that are yeah. on there. But it is, a, it is a wicked choice. I'm so glad you've done that. Um, sh- did you... Um, no, let's just. Shall we just go straight into it? Shall we, we, we do number five? Have you got? Have you got in uh, an order, or is it unquantifiable it's in that way? Yeah, um, they're not really in an order, no. Mm-hmm. So, should we start? Should we start with Partridge, or is that is that you madness? No, <laughs> no, sure. We'll just set. So, guys, episode part one will be just about Partridge then, yeah. <laughs> and maybe part two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what series? Well, so that, that's why I deliberately left it vague because I didn't want to pick. <laughs> but probably I'm Alan Partridge series one. Series one, mm. is, but series two is also brilliant. Yeah, mm. it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, sticking to BBC means I have to discount like Mid Morning Batters, yeah. Matters, and Scissor Dial and yeah. that kind of thing. But there's there's a there's a the Partridge of is a is a thing of great beauty. Did you get it? The minute it come out, were you watching like day to day, um, like when it first come out? And well, it was on the hour even before that as well. Of course, yeah. Um, no, no, I wasn't. It was when I was in sixth form, really. That I remember 
be when I was a bit younger, my parents saying oh that, that Alan Partridge was awful and I just sort of took their word for it and didn't watch it and then when I finally did because I joined a band and it was my loads of the uh, comedies that were on my list I, my band sort of we either got into it together or they got me into it and Partridge was was one that they introduced me to um so it was, yeah it was when I was in sixth form which I think is like a time in your life anyway when things have a really big influence on you yeah, as well yeah, yeah. but yeah it's it was just astounding and I think it's probably I'm Alan Partridge series one was the first was the yeah, first and that's, that I saw. that's what yeah I mean mine's pretty much that as well I think that was my gateway into yeah. the drug that is Alan Partridge <laughs> was series say one why there. To yeah say, say what <laughs> say why to Partridge um it, it, yeah I think series one but I am torn about it being between series one and series two of that because mm. it they're, but you know, because I think, because I watched series one and I started to like it, by series two, I was just so pumped up. When, yeah, the, when the episode up, started, yeah. I was almost like, I'd had like a thousand Skittles. I was so excited to watch it. And it ne- it didn't, it just didn't disappoint. It just, it, that character has just got so much depth, hasn't he? It's, yeah. It's, it, it's oh. an, it, he's a f- just an amazing character. And... Some of the things he says aren't even... I'm sure if you was to read it as a script, it wouldn't be funny. But just his delivery and even the slightest tweak in his mannerisms, mm-hmm. his face, just nail it oh, and, like, and make it hilarious. Definitely. Like when, when they ask him, um, uh, what is the line where... Uh, what is it? Someone starts talking about... It's when he's introducing when he's trying to get the second series and uh and he goes oh have you met blah 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 i can't think of his name and Patrick just shrugs his shoulders <laughs> and like and and it's just fucking yeah. brilliant yeah. Uh, well because like talking about that like um when you when you read screenplays or anything like that you don't it doesn't have any of that you know, a script kind of comes alive, I guess, with who you pick. But I mean, obviously, he was writing the character; he knew what he what he had. So yeah, I reckon on paper, it it would be funny, but it's, it doesn't. You know, it's not compared to him and his mannerisms in it. It's just absolutely golden. And the genius bit of comedy in that episode as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of it, but it's just the whole thing of the funeral. <laughs> he's just building <laughs> up to him just to turn around <laughs> and have Castle GTX on the back of his jacket. <laughs> Fucking genius! <laughs> like, has anyone got a battery for an Ericsson? Oh, like, just brilliant. <laughs> what was he doing on the bloody roof? <laughs> so, did you, did you? This is a question for Stu. Did you? Was you watching it straight away as it came out? Like, I, I had some friends um, that had the knowing me, knowing you um, audio tapes. Right. And and so we used to rinse that on in, in like whenever we was out and about in cars. Yeah. And there's there's a. Have you heard them, Susie? Mm-hmm, yeah. Where there's the one where he's called Smelly Alan Fartridge, where they regre- <laughs> where the hypnotist regresses him. And it's just fucking brilliant. And like, and I will even said it earlier when you said about um, stalking someone. I said, oh, I've parked my car outside their house and watched them come and go. That's from right, that, right. like where he's he's he just flips out and he says, what you know. Then people have bullied him. It's like, where are they now? I know where they are. Like, <laughs> he's got a sad life. I parked my car outside his house. I've watched him come and go. And it's just brilliant. And, like, and so that that was floating about. And, and Day to Day was on. And 
And I think the minute I first saw... It's just a fucking hell. It's, it's so hard to try and pick certain bits, but the football commentary is, uh, is yeah. just so Mine. gold. Like, And if, if you have no idea what we're talking about, if you've not seen Day to Day... Go to YouTube and put in day-to-day Alan Partridge yeah, football commentary yeah, yeah. because when you hear <laughs> you him say it. and no, another, you, you will be... You will be... I actually um, watched that earlier this afternoon. It's so oh, good. fucking hell, wow. yeah. yeah. It is and great. His cycling commentary is amazing yeah. as well. When it, I think that's episode one when... Um, it's uh, covering one of the uh, one of the obviously the cycling contests and uh, there's one cyclist and then a car just pulls up beside him <laughs> and he's going oh come on they've just got a bike and yes yes he's being disqualified <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well when he's it's the aerial shot and he refers to them as looking like cattle, cattle. <laughs> but cattle on bikes I think there's one when he's oh. uh, um He's at a dressing room at a, a race course. Oh. And is it is it a race course? And the woman takes her top yeah. off. And, he, and he's got that brilliant partridge look, which is the same one when he's in, um, he's interviewing the gangster on Now Me, Now and You, and he flips out and says, do you want to get sucked? You wipe that soppy <laughs> yeah. look off your face. And he's got a brilliant soppy look on his yeah. face. He pulls that face... And the woman's like got her knockers out, chatting to him, and he doesn't know how to deal with it, and he can't say anything. And he's talking to this jockey, and he just goes... How, how, how do you ride a horse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I think barely a day goes past when I don't sort of sneak a partridge quote into my yeah. just day-to-day conversations with people. But I noticed that about... So when we've got our little um, network WhatsApp group and the amount of partridge that sort mm. of ends up on that is quite high as well. <laughs> well we were in, obviously, Dublin with Pip mm. last week. There, I reckon we probably said it 50 times before we'd even got off the plane. There's more to Ireland <laughs> than <Dandis>. this. <laughs> oh, he's talking about Old chap Sunday ripped up a picture. <laughs> <laughs> really encapsulates uh, the frustrations of a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the genius of bald chap who ripped up a picture of the Pope. And it's like, <laughs> just, oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and I think... Like, what, what did you make of the film? I really liked yeah, it. I liked it. It's, it's, like, it's a sort of slow burner, but yeah. it's got a lot of really great moments in it. I've only seen it once, and I'm a, I, I enjoyed it then. I'd like to watch it again, because I, I imagine I'd probably like it a I, bit I, more. I weren't sure when I first watched it. Mm. And then the second watch, I just and I've watched it a lot since, and mm. I, I, I think it's absolutely fucking yeah. great. Like... Just the opening scene of him in his car, like singing to Roachford, is yeah. just mm-hmm. brilliant. Uh, I think Coogan's a, an absolute just fucking genius anyway. I think he's he's incredible. Did you hear him on um, Buxton? Yes, yeah. That was a wicked. That was a wicked episode. That mm. it's well, actually probably the only episode. I remember someone saying you got to start listening to Adam Muxton. So I listened to that one, yeah. and it was it yeah. was it was amazing. Talking about that character, and he is a bit. He, there is partridge inside him, isn't there? Really? Oh, definitely. Quite a large part. Yeah, I think. I think so. And I think that's fine. Yeah. You know, I think that's uh, that's an amazing thing. And there's I a degree of honesty in that as well. Saying, yeah, no, I'm quite. I am. There's quite a lot of partridge I in think Coogan. Coogan's quite 
always he's quite upfront about the fact he's a bit of an egotist, <laughs> isn't yeah. he? And like, you know, quite self self important. Like, but if if you if it brings that sort of comedy out, then absolutely amazing. Yeah. He's the only person when I've been truly starstruck meeting someone. Right, you met him. Yeah. <gasps> Where yeah. did you meet him? Uh, this is going to sound like the worst type Outside brag ever. his house. <laughs> <laughs> I just was in my car watching him come <laughs> and go. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, it was when uh, Brian Cox and Robin Ince do these sort of Christmas compendium right. gigs at Hammersmith. And um, I, was, I was in the green room talking to Hugh Grant. <laughs> So, right. so, and I was fine really? with talking to Hugh Grant, but Steve Coogan, I just couldn't deal with. You I'm have like, a meltdown. I had, to, I had to leave. I had to make my excuses. And Did you not say hello? I said, I said hello, and then I sort of rushed out. Decided that I couldn't you deal, couldn't with, deal the with the situation it. anymore. There's wow. certain people, isn't there, that you, sometimes you're not sure, and then you just can't. Yeah. You like them. You just you you spent so much time either thinking about them or exactly. enjoying their content that. It's tough to really just filter that down into a simple context, mm. normal sentence that doesn't make you overly gush or have a bit of a meltdown. I've done it a couple of times. We had it with a mixed martial artist years ago called Dan Hardy. He's one of Pip's mates, and we met him at a fight. Yeah. And I couldn't. I was just like, just had my mouth open. I was like, hi. How, how, um, how do you I think have a fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think Coogan could be someone like that, I think. Mm. Someone like Stuart Lee, I'd struggle meeting Stuart Lee as well. I oh, think. So I I met Stuart Lee at a at a gig. No. Um, this well, I used to be in a Italian nineteen seventies horror band covers band. This band called Goblin, and wow. then Goblin reformed, so our, our covers band had to stop. So we went to see <laughs> we went to see them in London, and Stuart Lee was in the crowd, and I was walking over to him because I was like, oh, I'm going to go and say hi well, to Stuart Lee. I really respect that. And as I got to about as far away as you are from me yeah. now ready to shake his hand yeah. he took his chewing gum out of his mouth and started rolling it around in his fingers <laughs> and I, I was too i was like too close to, to abort yeah and yeah, so yeah. i just carried on going hello Stuart Lee. i was just about to ask if i could shake your hand and he just popped his gum back in his mouth and <laughs> held out his hand <laughs> to me so i've never washed it since no i'll shake that and keep hold his gaze as i did it yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm really impressed you did that because there's again there's certain people where I couldn't, I don't think I could approach him. Yeah, um, I'd just fall apart. Stuart Lee would be one of them because Pip, Pip really liked him. I don't like Do you not get the humour? No, I don't get starstruck. I, I, I've never. Is that because you're just a super cool dude? No, it's <laughs> but it's it weird. When we met Brad Pickett, the, mm. the, the MMA fight, boxers and that they make me nervous. Mm. Probably because they can beat me up, but, <laughs> but they, they, they make... You I, could I say that for children, though. I get very fanboy about them, but musicians, not so no. much. Like, there's ones that you just think, I wouldn't want to meet them because I'd just be really worried they wouldn't be nice. Right, like, yeah. There's certain ones I think I wouldn't want to go and say hello just mm. in case they're horrible, and then I've never been able to enjoy their records. Mike Joyce is horrible, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> really, really horrible, wasn't he? Well, yeah, so today that was amazing. And you kept it together because mm. they're a bit... I mean, you've got their lyrics ta splayed across your chest, mm. haven't you? And underneath that, you've got, what, Don't Judge Me, haven't you? Or something like Only God Can Judge Me. you got a tattoo like that? Or Carpe Diem? Isn't that one of your other tattoos that you've got? Like you've never seen me with no clothes <laughs> just on. Just being horrible. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Like and you kept it together for Mike, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. He's just yeah. really nice. He's a me? dude. Yeah, like. he's very cool, dude. I did think to myself, if the kind of 44-year-old me would have told the 21-year-old me that in in 20 years' time you'll be in the front room of one of the Smiths talking about the Smiths, 
I think I would have probably had a bit of a meltdown. But yeah. But yeah, it was a really, really lovely day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back to Partridge. Yeah. I think most people would put Partridge on there because how many people... He's, he's saturated everyone's behaviour. He's a bit like, say, Brent in the office. Mm. Everyone has got does a little bit of a Partridge impression, don't they? Or they've got... You know, it is one of those real quotable sort of things that he's just sort mm. of got in. Do you not think? I think so, but I think, like... You get that elitism that you get in indie music, where like you got someone that go back of the net that 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 kind of watched some a few of the recent, like the the more recent ones, mm. but the proper Partridge purists, they, they'll quote that the older stuff. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I think there is that little bit of like, well, I liked him way before that. Yeah. You know, like I think he's uh, like even through to like, I think the trip is golden. Mm. Like and and to have him with Bryden, I think Bryden's. Their relationship, and and the, the way that that show is put together, it's really interesting when Coogan talk on Buxton yeah. about that because so much of it you think it seems so real. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's hard to work out what. Yeah, is. and and yeah. and the fact that they're being quite personal about each other's kind of talents and yeah. and and they highlight Coogan's ego in it quite a lot as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah. But uh, why are you talking when you're miles away from the mic? I put them in the fridge because you left them on the side. <laughs> this is the problem with Why these kind of modern apartments. Open, it, it, this is podcast gold. This is Chris trying to find a fridge. That's a dishwasher. <laughs> That's the washing machine. Washing machine? There you go. There's the fridge. Does anyone else want a beer? Uh, I'm okay, I'm thank good, you. thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm good. You can carry on talking while I'm out here. Okay. You're ruining the illusion. So... Would you say that he's of of some of the ones I've seen your list, right? So on that list, would you say as as a star of 
Partridge, like Coogan as a, as a as an artist, has been the most consistent throughout his career with his his, his characters and his and his work. Well, do you mean his characters other than Partridge? Because he's done loads of stuff other than Partridge yeah. as mm. well, like Saxon Dale. See, yeah. and I know loads of people. Paul that... and Pauline Carr oh, and all that. Yeah. Like, so he's done some really really good characters mm. as well, but none of them have got that something. Mm. That I was going to say je ne sais quoi, but uh, no French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Partridge is, is a class above those, yeah. and I really like those yeah. as well. Yeah, like may, maybe if he didn't have Partridge, one of them might have shone shone through yeah. as much more. But Tony it's just different. Tony Frino, yeah. I like Calf. I did think Calf was really funny, yeah. but but Partridge is just too strong. And the fact he was doing him on things like Day to Day. Alan knew that that was the one, and and, and again, yeah. it was probably easiest for him as well in a way because it reflected a lot of his character. Where some of those others were probably a bit more of a, a stretch in terms of yeah. um, personality and whatnot. So, so when you was, you got this when you started sixth form. Yeah, yeah. Or was you studying when you was at sixth form? Um, I did, like, relatively sort of boring but quite wide ranging A levels because I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I did. Okay. I did maths, biology, music, and English at A level just to cover all the bases. Yeah, <laughs> yep. wow. And then at what age did you? Because you you mentioned you was in a goblin yeah. tribute. Yeah, that was way later. But I was in a band of like original. Well, actually, no, we we started off as a covers band, but just like a wedding cover yep. band type thing. Um, that was yeah. I joined that band in sixth form, okay. and then we stayed together during university, and then that's why I moved to Bristol after I finished my master's degree was because all the rest of the band lived in Bristol so uh, I moved down but you, there you, you was, I'm right in saying you was, you was a signed band yeah which you signed and you, you toured well, we, yeah we signed to a little Bristol label called Sink and Stove uh, we did quite we put out a couple of albums um, we was so you, you've done all of that whilst studying for a master's well that actually so all that stuff happened after after I moved to Bristol and I had a sort of like did kind of temping jobs for a year and then I got a job at Bristol Uni working in the psychology department as a researcher. Um, but yeah, while I was doing that, that's when we were doing all the band stuff. But our guitarist was studying medicine at the time. So we um, we nearly got to do a kind of a tour with Steve Lamack. But um, but yeah, unfortunately, it didn't. It just didn't quite work out with all the timings and stuff. Yeah. And uh, what year yeah. was this roughly? Oh, like 2007, I would guess. Okay. Yeah. And what was your band called? Uh, you and the Atom Bomb, we were called. Okay. But there was also another band called You, Me and the Atom Bomb around at exactly the same right. time, which is... In Bristol? Kind of unbelievable. <laughs> no, not in Bristol, but... Would I tribute to your band? But we both had a song uh, about a bit of graffiti that was on the back of a venue called The Croft in Bristol. Just like, it's the mad. weirdest coincidence. Cool? Really? Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was this graffiti said Mudwig Barnhoff. So Mudwig was a graffiti artist in yep. Bristol and was just all around the place. But um, yeah, so we had a song called Mudwig Barnhoff, and they had a song that was called I think it was just called Mudwig or it's it was something Mudwig or something. But yeah, it's just just absolutely bizarre coincidence. And what did you do in the band? Uh, played keyboards and sang. All oh, right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So did you tour and stuff? A bit. We didn't, I mean, because we all were working as well, and um, Brian, our guitarist, but yeah, was studying medicine, so we tended to do, like, weekend kind of mini tours and that kind of thing. But all the time when we were at university, sort of once a term, we'd go and play at each of the universities we were at, which right. was, I was in London, uh, bassist was in Southampton, 
guitarist in Bristol and drummer in Exeter. So we kind of played at the wow. Cavern in Exeter Cavern, quite yeah. a lot. And um, where was it in Southampton we used to play? Joiners. No, actually, we never played Joiners. We played The Hobbit a few times. Yep. So we put on those gigs ourselves, I think. But that was a cool place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in London, we played various places. Where would you, oh, where would you rehearse if you were all at the separate units? Yeah, that's a yeah well, question. We, um, so when we were at school, we basically rehearsed in families houses yeah. kind of thing and then yeah at uni you could you could hire rehearsal rooms in the university okay. so like in the music departments of each uni there were rehearsal rooms that you could just go and use and oh, then was you talking more about the fact that these are all in different universities yeah even so no it still, yeah. still answers it but that that made it that's quite difficult to keep a band going right when you're all well i mean that's why we didn't do a great deal <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really fun and it's quite like when you're studying as well it's a really it's really good to have something that's different to like science and stuff yeah. you can go and do at a weekend and that kind of thing did you play music well so since i moved to liverpool uh, i had to leave i was in a really great band in bristol that i'd only just joined when i got offered the job in liverpool so um yeah i had to leave that band which was really mm. sad oh, shit. uh so i'm i'm on the lookout for bands at the moment okay um, yeah just sort of going to lots of gigs and Nice. Lots of music S- people still Liverpool. singing and keyboards is your speciality. Yes, you got any other yeah. anything? Any listeners? What else can we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I've been in all sorts of bands. I've been in uh, like kind of indie, shiny, poppy bands. I've been in more sort of proggy, math rocky kind of bands. I've been in f- folky bands. I've wow. been in all sorts of things. So uh, yeah, kind of anything that's good is what I want to do. What's yeah. the name of the math rocky type of band? Um, so the band Bimdas. <laughs> the Bob band Bass. that I just uh, that I was in in Bristol that I had to, uh, had to leave when I moved to Liverpool was they were already going, so I had nothing to do with this name. But they mm. they are called Uncle Ecstasy. Really? So uh, yeah, and they that was yeah two drum. It was all instrumental, sort of quite long. Um, when I called it prog, our bassist got very upset. So it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't prog. <laughs> what, but like it that kind of thing. Um. But more sort of like difficult time signatures and lots of kind of complex interplay. But it also okay. had what so, like sounded like kind of jam sections, but weren't really. They were a bit more kind of thought about. Pl- planned. It yeah, was structured. good. It was really fun to play, but it was a lot of concentration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Less fun. No one's got any smiles. Yeah, on the face. Can't fuck up this. <laughs> Not enjoying it at all. Just concentrating. <laughs> Your bands were more the other end, weren't they? Lots of enjoying it and no zero concentration. <laughs> Didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. No idea. I'd love to have seen your no bands, idea. mate. Um, okay. Well, is there anything else you want to speak about, Alan? Well, what would you so from s- season one or two? You got any favourite episodes? Oh. Is there any like standout ones? Or, or yeah, okay. We'll stick with that for now. Yeah. So. Uh, Watership Allen is a great episode. Mm-hmm. A Room with an Allen is a great episode. Yep. Um, from the second series, I really, I really, really, really love the the James Bond episode. Yeah, when he just goes through that whole, yeah. the whole scene. So, and if you Stop look, if you look on YouTube, wrong. someone's actually edited his commentary over the intro. Yep. To the film, and it is just it's, it amazing. It's bloody brilliant, that isn't it? it yeah, works. yeah. It is. Have you not seen it, mate? No. Honestly, it's, it's bloody brilliant. It's perfect. It fits perfectly, yeah. and it's just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it is amazing, that. Um, how about you, Shuey? You got any particular? No, they're just all. I've not. 
What's the one when he's when he has to get oh, it, when he sorry. I've stood on a spike. <laughs> yeah. That, oh mate, that kills me. That when he's trying to do the presentation at the end. Oh yeah. Don't say. shine that torch in my eyes, mate. <laughs> I've just lost a pint of blood. <laughs> it tears me apart. That does. I, I think I think the Dan episode. Oh, um, the Dan episode. Like, yeah. Aside from the fact that it's that's obviously the Dan Dan Dan, and which is my brother's name, so that joke <laughs> never got boring. Um, but it's just they're sex people, Lynn. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that scene when they go. Back you say that, that a lot as well. Fucking hell, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Uh, I'll probably say that's my favourite. And I just uh, uh, Michael is he, one of the greatest characters ever as well. I think like he's just there was a thing in, <laughs> I think it was in um, FHM or something like years ago where they'd done his feature on good blokes. <laughs> And Michael was number one, and I just thought <laughs> he's so he's such a nice fella, isn't he, Michael? And like, and just <laughs> you never know anything about him. Obviously, only what he tells Alan in, in like the lift or whatever. Mm. But the scene when Alan goes to his oh, house, yeah. and like that big fella just walks out the door, and he's just standing there, and he won't let <laughs> he him won't in. let him in. And it's just that bit where he's like, "You never had a cup of beans," <laughs> and like, and he just gives him a cup of beans with a sausage. Yeah. He's just like watching Alan just sort of stand there with the door shut, just eating them and then just politely <laughs> yeah, leave, the leaving the cup. <laughs> just fucking on great. That is great because he is so friendly with Alan at work and then he shows up at the house and you're like, what is what is he up to in there? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good for the mo. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, amazing. Well, well, okay, so other than season one, season two, what what would be your next Alan Partridge-esque thing, what he was in that you, you loved the most? So I've been really, really enjoying the one-off Scissor Dial that was on Sky Atlantic. Right, I have not seen I've that. not seen that. It was in the, in the supermarket. Rel- yeah. I've not seen it yet. It's, it's relatively recent, I guess, but it's it sort of follows on from the end of Mid-Morning Matters where he... Um, he calls a kid a chav. So it's sort of like his hour-long kind of apology for that. So he goes to meet people of, of the UK, <laughs> this scissored aisle that we live in. Um, and so there's a bit where he's we are working on a supermarket checkout. And then he goes and hangs out with these kids and um, takes MDMA. And then the next morning, <laughs> he has to go and meet a counsellor to sort of talk about something. But he uh, he is... His skin is grey. It's actually grey. He can't look up. He's sweating buckets and he's drinking from this like two litre water bottle next to him. But you know, it's sort of those kind of hangovers where you can't look up. He's portraying that so well, just with his head down, just trying to make eye contact with this woman, but just not being able to. And it's Oh, that's golden. It's, yeah. It's quite something. Oh, we'll, we'll find it on the, on yeah, the internet when, yeah. uh, when, when we're done. We'll, we'll watch that. We'll cuddle, cuddle in bed and watch it. Eh? Yeah, you've pushed the bed yeah. together. I have done. It's <laughs> yeah. all done. It's already. No, cool. no, no need to awkwardly do it this time. But did, did you like No Me, No You? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, I just thought the, the guests on that, like, like Patrick Marlborough, I, I think mm-hmm. he's just genius yeah. anyway. I, I, I could watch him and just the bit when he plays the rock and roller that ends up fixing the photocopier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 goes on about the little magnetic bit for the paper clips. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah and when, when he has the when he has the rock and roll band on, and he's like rock and roll. Let's all is it, let's all have a pair. Uh, <laughs> just sitting there eating a pear. Uh, um, oh yeah, and and the gangster one's the best one. When when, when he's he, he just he's bricked off, off isn't it, from yeah, uh, yeah. 
And when he just flips out and he's just like, do you, do you want to get sucked in? <laughs> Suck you in so far, throw you out the other side. And he's just, what that soppy look off your face. And he's just, his face, he's just amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it, is, uh, it is incredible. Uh, the Christmas special as well with uh, the cook with the, who does all Lily the Savage. tube on top. Yeah. Um, and one of the greatest ones on that is um, John Thompson as Joe Beasley, uh, Joe Beasley and Cheeky Monkey. Yeah. Where if you that. haven't seen, have you not seen it? No. Fucking hell! John Thompson from the Fast Show mm. and Cold Feet and stuff comes on as um, with this monkey puppet um, as as comedian Joe Beasley and, and Cheeky Monkey, and he's just beyond shit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But he's he's on edge, and like, and he just. And he can't get it right. He can't get the voice of the monkey right. Yeah. And Alan's just kind of trying to step in, and then John Thompson just loses his shit with a monkey. He's <laughs> fucking brilliant. I think Alan at one point goes, "Your act's really poor." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And when he gives the American woman uh, some Victorian dogs, he's <laughs> that she actually collects Victorian dolls. <laughs> oh dear. And sings, um, sings the Alba medley with her. Oh, that is a. Uh, what is her name? He does. Um, no, he has the the. What's her name? The, the the guest he has on who he's he's flirting with and then finds out that she used to be a man and he and he just can't deal with that. Oh, it's the, the it's the sprint episode, isn't That's it? That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, look. Do you want to do you want to move on to? Shall we do it? Shall we do another one? Yeah. You ready for ready for number four? Well, not number four. It's just a d- another, yeah. another one of your faves. So yeah. Well, we the one we've already mentioned is probably a good place to go from this because it also features Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge. Yeah. <laughs> there will and be some your... that don't involve Alan Partridge, <laughs> but uh, the next one on my list is the day to day. Yeah, it's really good. It's an, it's and I've been thinking about this a lot recently because uh, last week in Liverpool I went to see a film called Oxide Ghosts, which is a load of. Um, like not not ever seen or used footage outtakes from Brass Eye, really? and it's the so the director of Brass Eye is called Mike Cummings, I think. Right. Um, but he's just made this. He like basically found a big trunk of VHSs in his house, which was all uh, like the Brass Eye tapes. So I know Brass Eye was Channel Four, so it was not eligible for my list. But yeah. it was a, it's sort of the follow on from. We, the we can yeah, talk about Brass Eye a bit. Brass Eye is bloody brilliant. Yeah. I often because of the top passage of time when you told us. Um, what would made your list? I had started writing down bits of brass eye too, and thinking, yeah. "Oh no, that's that." Yeah, well, yeah, I'm thinking it was day to day, but it was actually yeah. brass eye because brass eye. I think I saw brass eye before I saw. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. it brass eye or day to day when they do the feature on um, gay men in the navy? That's Brasso, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. The fact that the guy says that gay people um, can't join the Navy um, because they attract enemy radar. <laughs> and I think it gives a big list. And the last one is, and they muck about. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fucking genius. <laughs> Man, how he writes stuff is brilliant. And, and in day to day, he does that as well. Just how they just make up words all the time. Yeah. Just blows my mind. So I guess yeah, day to day is kind of like the news show, whereas Brass Eye was more like a sort of panorama mm. type show. Yeah, but you can imagine 
at that point in, in time, so we're talking maybe sort of like mid, probably mid nineties, yeah. Mm. That it was a time when, like, I can imagine that if because television wasn't really doing that, but you could turn over and watch the day to day, and I'm sure a lot of people did and just thought it wasn't a comedy show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, m- much the same as what happened with The Office. And well, that so I used yeah. to watch it like when I got in from school. I used to try and watch an episode before dinner, yeah. and I remember watching. It was the bit with the uh, the. Um, helicopter pilot <laughs> who <laughs> lost consciousness and they had to uh, the dog had to land the helicopter but by being sort of controlled by a shepherd on the ground <laughs> and I was watching that and my mum came into the room and I think it took her a while before she was like what is this <laughs> what are you watching this didn't actually happen <laughs> did it and it could have all have been saved if they'd had one of these a pocket <laughs> shepherd <laughs> but it was like it was well ahead of his time, wasn't it, day to day? It was like, there, there was nothing like that, you know? No, I, think I just, it, that's I one of those shows that I just wish, that, because that format could just continue forever, because they, you don't, like other structured comedies and that, you, you know, there's a kind of a story running through it with a day to day of Brasso. You could just have that ad infinitum. You could have that forever, right? Yeah. I, I would never, I'd watch that weekly forever. I don't think I could ever get bored of it. But when like Armando Iannucci's been interviewed about it more recently, people often say now, well, the thing is though, the news is like that. Yeah, now. yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, it's hard to satirise alternative that's facts. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. But Chris Morris has always done stuff ahead of his time. Like one of the things that I would have put on my list if it had been British comedies was Nathan Barley, oh. and it's it's weird to think how Nathan Barley was a long time before that hipster culture really, really took going. It, it was really ahead of its I time. It could so. have been made five or six years later. Yeah, yeah, it's I think impossible. so. But it's just like, I mean, it, I don't know, because I wasn't hanging out in sort of East London at that point. I wasn't hanging out there for another 10 years. So, of course, when I did, I was like, okay, this makes so much sense. But So there must have been, it must have been going that way. They must have been able to see... I lived I was at, at uni in London right. and um it was I mean I think it was going that way definitely it was yeah. based on sort of reality but yeah. it just got more and more so and yeah. rang rang true <laughs> it's like one of our favorite things that we play all the time is being a dickhead's call have you ever seen yeah, that on yeah. YouTube we'll still sing that whenever we're in East London if we have meetings for you know music and that and we're in East London We'll be humming being a dickhead's call because you don't know who's going to meet at us a club, do we? Yeah. Some what? super yeah. hipster with a Game Boy around his neck. Well, that song came out two days after I bought a necklace with a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> 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 You're like, oh no! So I've just never been able to oh. wear it. And it was like, my friend made it and it was really cool. And the Rubik's Cube works as well. Yeah. Like, it's properly yeah. solvable. But yeah. I was just like, oh, that's... Oh, fucking, they've got me in a box here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times we've said, like, what sort of events do you do? Oh, yeah, vegan crunk nights. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm writing a blog and it's uh, all about my balls. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it, is, it, it is impossible. Obviously, we, we run club events mm. in, in East London mm. and you just have to be so careful that you don't become just do anything that's made from barley because yeah. it's just there and it's so easily done, isn't it? It's mm. just like, it's not, it's very easy to be a tip round there, isn't it? Yeah. That would make my top, if we, we, if we were doing top five comedies, that might slip into my top five yeah. of all time. There's, scene, I know this isn't related, but fuck it, let's talk about it. The scene 
the, the episode where he can't stop rapping oh while he's God. having sex. Oh, it's the worst. There's bits where I'm in so much tears and he says the worst. She's like, at first she's up for it, isn't she? And, she, and he won't stop rapping while he's trying to have sex with her. And she's like, okay, no, 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 we need to stop this now because he won't stop. And then he says, you drift off. <laughs> While I take a scoff. <laughs> oh man, how they did that, how that scene, I would have been in tears on that set yeah. while they tried to put, put that together. <laughs> but it is so true, and I don't know, like um, coming back to Chris Morris, it was, it, you know, and and, and um, day to day, it was ahead of its time. They're just so clever. Ianucci, who who directed a load of the Partridge stuff mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Overwhelming intellects. Chris, yeah, Chris, Chris Morris is. Uh, I mean, the, the impact that that Brass Iron had, you know, it was incredible. And, and the and the paedophile special. Ah. The, the reaction that like the press yeah. like that that caused some shit, mm. didn't it? That was like, and and I think that that was you was gonna either love that or you was gonna fucking hate that, and like because. <laughs> When they said there was, because that come after day to day, didn't it? It was yeah. a one-off, wasn't it? Yeah. And and I think like <laughs> it wasn't like a, a big commercial hit, brass. I think mm. it was still kind of you know fans mm. of day to day and parties yeah. and stuff like that that, that, that that got excited about it. But it wasn't a main. I wouldn't I'd say it was a mainstream success. Um, well, and brass, I had to move to Channel Four because the BBC were like, "This is actually too, too far much. for us." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, the, the, the paedophile episode was was fucking incredible, <laughs> but the amount of backlash, and I know people that were like, it's just fucking wrong, mate. And I was like, yeah, but... But it's so silly. Like, it's I mean, a beyond ridiculous. A school. Like, it's... It's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a thing that, like, it's really difficult to laugh yeah. about, but... It's they, it's done in such a way that it's it really mm. telegraphs that it's satire yeah. far more than some of the stuff yeah. perhaps on the day to day as well just because it's so silly beyond yeah. like locking his kids in a filing cabinet overnight so that he knows that they're <laughs> safe. <laughs> I can't understand that, that. Does I've always struggled with that though in terms of in terms of comedy and that I don't I I don't really have any obviously have an issue with saying anything really and, and, and I find all that stuff funny but people really as soon as you go into sort of like grey areas I don't know whether it's not people get confused themselves that's why they don't want to discuss it they're but like, it's fucking ridiculous but, it is, but that's what I mean it's like so ridiculous. can you not see that like, yeah. but I, when I worked in in London I worked in uh, Canary Wolf for years working in which uh, an office that was full of intelligent individuals right they're having to deal with serious matters but when it came to jokes and sarcasm sometimes I'd say shit and they would just believe me mm. and it to me I was so thinking this is so obviously a joke and they'd go with it and cause Tim used to do that in, in, um, in the office didn't he say shit and like Gareth would believe him he'd just go yeah sure yeah. and and like things like day to day are the sort of things that People, some people just wouldn't get in that office. They would literally take it for gospel, or you know, they'd go, "That's stupid." Bad AIDS. <laughs> You've got bad AIDS. God. Um, and and I think there was a line where uh, over there, um, there's a man smoking a crack. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks, I don't do. The I don't horse. do the horse. <laughs> 
Yeah. What was the one? Was that was it Brass Eye or was it Day to Day with uh, Clarky Cat and Kate? Yeah, that's the drugs episode of yeah. Brass Eye. Yeah. That that was probably the the closest it came to a commercial kind of crossover, wasn't it? Because that was, I mean that that was kind of so many TV shows have kind of spoofed that since that mm. kind of yeah. setting people up, yeah. like famous people to say dumb shit, mm. and that was just. Fucking Wicked. incredible. The fact that if you've never seen it, like, um, if you watch it, the whole concept was that, that, that Chris Morris came up with this concept that he was going to uh, have this, this, this thing called cake, which was a drug, um, <laughs> which was literally the size of your head. It's unmanageable, wasn't it? Uh, it was huge. bright yellow tablet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, they literally were saying that it's cake a is a made-up drug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And they got so many celebrities yeah, yeah, yeah. to go, this is cake, it's a made-up drug. And then before they even said it, it just it, that just highlighted that they'd do anything for a pound note, these people, and, and wouldn't even think about what they were saying. But it went further than that. Someone asked, one of, an MP asked about it in the That's Houses right. of Parliament. That's yeah. going to be on Hansard mm. forever. Yeah. Yeah. That someone's saying, and what about cake? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's amazing. Well, because our form tutor fell for it. I remember we had, a, we were having a, you know, chat about drugs, and he was like, what, what, what drugs do we know about? And we started doing all that. We were just listening, and he was just writing them up on the board, and it's just amazing. What were the symptoms of taking it? Did your neck oh, swell up oh, and go off your head? Check neck. <laughs> check, check neck, neck. yeah. And what was Thingy's bassoon? What was... Oh, it's, it affects <laughs> a part of the brain called Shatner's bassoon. Shatner's bassoon, that was it. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that's amazing. <laughs> Oh dear. And the fact that that made Parliament is just yeah. fucking crackers, isn't it? Like, oh, fantastic. Absolutely cracking. But on day to day, is there any any other like scenes that you like the most, Susie? Um, what, made, what made that really come into your top five? What was it that brought day to day now? Well, it's, so we've already talked a bit about Partridge's sports commentary, okay, which is yeah. just amazing. But then there's Peter O'Hanrahan, Hanrahan, Hanrahan. who is the, the sort of economics correspondent <laughs> who is just awful. And the bit where he's talking about to the or talking about the German uh, the German minister that yep. he <laughs> spoke to, and he said that um, they'd taken a deal of thirty percent or something, and he said that he didn't like it, but he'd have to go along with it. And and every time he's he's sort of being the correspondent, Chris Chris Morris in the news studio will go, well, well, how did you did you have what language did you have this conversation in? <laughs> German. Uh, so what? Thirty percent in German. Twenty percent. <laughs> and that quote, it, you, he doesn't. He said he didn't like it, but he had to go along with it. Ich nicht <laughs> und And it's just amazing. And there's another bit where he's interviewing someone outside the Houses of Parliament, and this person is just sort of is going through some sort of scandal. And he asks a really anodyne question and the person just answers and goes, no, it's all fine. And so Peter goes, oh, I'm back to the studio. <laughs> and then the guy, while Chris Morris is sort of yelling, no, you've got to ask him this and that. And the guy just walks off and he goes, Peter, you've lost the news. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favourite moments. Was, was it day to day about um, 1996, no one died? Oh, yeah, the pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the day-to-day. -day. And what, Bureau de Change? Yeah, that yeah. was the day-to-day. -day. Oh, amazing. Yeah, brilliant. But just the each episode would start with a load of ridiculous headlines. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
That's what I think. I'm sure one of them is about exploding Portillo. <laughs> I feel so alive, shouts exploding Portillo or something like that. <laughs> I, I can't remember whether that's right or not. Prince that Charles might be from the family examiner instead. <laughs> Prince Charles volunteering to go to prison. Yes. <laughs> if you've absolutely no idea what the fucking hell we're talking about, we will share um, some stuff on the Hardcore Listing Facebook page. We will share some YouTube clips of... Um, uh, all, all the things we're talking about today, so like your brass size and day to day and and partridge and stuff, we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll try and share all the ones that kind of Susie's is sort of talking about and stuff. So you're kind of yeah, you if you have no idea what we're like talking about, <laughs> shame on you because if you kind of ever laugh at anything me and Chris say or any of the jokes Pip ever makes, it's all basically partridge based <laughs> gags, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. but not shame on you though, because if you haven't seen it, I'm so jealous. Yeah, you're oh, yeah exactly. Like, you've got yeah. a whole yeah. You, you've got a whole world of joy ahead of you. They're not even that long, are they? The episodes, but just the titles. I'm just looking at the titles. Main news attack. <laughs> Mega news. The, also, the graphics in it were really amazing, yeah. and those sort of things. And and they'd say things like, uh, "Because fact into doubt won't go." And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know, I don't honestly think I've seen the day-to-day since probably when it came out, mid-90s. Oh. It's been a long time, man. Mm. But I've just, because I'm, I'm just looking at the episode list now, and it says rapper Fur Q here, and that's reminding me of, so was that day-to-day when they interviewed Fur Q? Yeah. Oh, that was fucking funny. Yeah, man. so I'm they had the MTV bits where they would go and talk to, what was the uh. name, Suki Baps went. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> her name, wasn't it? <laughs> Suki Baps went. Uh. Fur Q, man, that's brilliant. Yeah, with his song Uzi Lover. Uzi Lover, that's it. Uzi Lover. Just stretching, trying to figure out what that was. Uzi Lover, that's brilliant. Because he would uh, shoot people on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And was um, the pulp parody Blouse, I think that might have been Brasso, but that was where it was sort of a a pulp-esque band who'd written a song about Myra Hindley. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was Brasso, though. Yeah, no, I can't. Do you know what? I can't remember that sketch. Oh. It's been a long time, but that makes me want to go back and rewatch them and stuff like that. And Chris Morris, do you, do you remember? Was it Blue Jam? Mm, yeah, yeah, that was good. Some of his musical stuff is amazing. Like he did a when he had his radio show, which I think might have been on like Bristol local radio or something, or maybe it was nationwide. But he used to do really, really well observed spoof songs, and his spoof song of the Pixies is one of the best things I've, I've not ever heard. heard. That. Uh, yeah, it's called it's called Mother Banger, and it's <laughs> <laughs> it's really really good. But I played it to my friend who's a massive Pixies fan, and she was kind of quite sad that it was so good. Accurate. Like, it's kind of ruined the. He's Pixies deconstructed them. <laughs> yeah. What's Chris Morris up to now? Doing Andy, anything? He's made a new film that's going to be out next really? year. Really? Yeah. Obviously, made Four Lions. Did Four yeah. Lions. Well, some of the interviews for that were pretty good. Actually, listening to—I I thought it was very different to anything else he'd done before. Mm. Was like, I, I went to the cinema to see it, and it was just only a time in the little cinema where we live, like in, in the on the small screen, because there wasn't a huge demand for it in Essex. No, um, didn't want to give in anyone in Essex. They get confused by that. Yeah, they? and uh, yeah, they'd get that in, in a completely different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, it was the first thing that I just thought. Some of it was almost slapstick, mm-hmm. which was yeah. not yeah, what yeah. I'd known him for. Yeah. But just the the moment from the cut of them going to London to 
to, to you know to, to to do the suicide bomb from saying goodbye to their families to cut into them in a minibus yeah. singing dancing in the moonlight by yeah. top loader was just <laughs> fucking golden i and the whole thing with the the, the 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 video that they make like that they're um they 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 uh, what do you call the video where they they they're doing that that's like well, I don't know what it's called it's uh, like a it's declaration in it yeah yeah but when he's just got that small gun like <laughs> hold it closer to the screen it's, it's just fucking amazing yeah Riz, Riz is good in that and, and, and Riz Arnold yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but it's a, the cast is absolutely yeah. incredible and the, the other d- phone jacker dude like um, am I right yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah. Um, but when they said like when he went in the shop to buy the explosives he, it's not going to make much sense on on, uh, <laughs> on the podcast but he was worried about the CCTV so he just kept like, <laughs> wobbling his face, face yeah. so they wouldn't know who he was <laughs> No, Four Lions was really... I, I didn't see that anywhere. I only saw that maybe two years ago. Oh, How old right. is that now? It's got to be four years. Five. Oh, and some. Yeah. 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 I only saw it a couple of years ago. Um, it's still very funny. And yet there's that, there's dark elements to it, isn't there? Obviously. Massively. Like, they me? stuck to that. But like you say, they do. It is. there are aspects of slapstick in mm. there as well. Mm. Um I'm looking forward to it. Do you know what this, this film's about then, his new one? No, no. I'm, I'm well... The director of this, of Oxide Ghosts, mentioned it in the Q&A afterwards. And like, he wasn't sure whether he's meant to, and now I've just mentioned it here. So <laughs> this is the way rumours start. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I pray. I hope, I hope so. Okay, so... Timing-wise, we have been running for... 42 minutes. Should we have a quick little wee break? Should we have a little break? We've got three left, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously I wanna, and I've seen the list, so I want to moan at Susie <laughs> for one time. You're going to get told off. Yeah. Amazing. Susie, thank you so much. Thank you very much. And we will be back, not tomorrow, but the next day, with the next one. Or yeah. if you're Susie Gage, you'll be back in about three minutes once I've had a wee. <laughs> like, what? I've got to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of part one of our episode with Dr. Susie Gage. Did you enjoy it? Adam and Costello weren't on there. What would be in your top fives? Tweet into the boys or let us know on Instagram. See you on episode two. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.